Daniel and Teal'c take Kira, Kira, Kara. Daniel and Teal, <laughs> Teal, Teal, Yol and Tan. Daniel and Teal. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hi. 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 (laughs) Hello. Hello. Have you just been talking into the void here while I was off looking for my headphones yes, that I didn't realize? Not said hand. anything exciting at all except hi, hi, <laughs> hi. So my equipment keep moving whenever I'm not in ghosts. here. Ghosts, the ghosts. <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. <sighs> How are you? Okay. How are you? I'm okay. How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was very fun. We did literally nothing. The only issue is that we were at an Airbnb and most of it was nice, except that it was clearly meant to be more of a beach house and not winterized. So it was rather chilly. And when we woke up on Sunday, because it was like five out, uh, the pipes oh, were frozen. No. So we're like, all right, well, not our house, not our problem. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs> so we got into our nice heated car with the heated seats that we actually just bought last week. And it was great. <laughs> yeah. Where did you go? Uh, we were like right outside of um, Newport. Oh, nice! Yeah, very nice. It was. Except we for- really didn't go anywhere. We went to like one or two empty breweries where we could well distance ourselves from other people, and then that was it. We didn't go to any restaurants. We didn't do anything except just enjoy not being home and not having work emails to respond to constantly, and that yeah, not having dogs <laughs> to wake us up at all hours. That sounds nice. Yeah. Not having dogs to take up the entire bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your weekend? Uh, it was it's it was fine. I I have a problem. It's you, a new problem. I have many problems. This oh, no. new problem. And it oh. contributes to my other problems in that I don't address any of my other problems because this new problem is too fun. Oh. And that <gasps> is playing stardew valley thank you i was gonna say is it the problem that i know about yes, yes. <laughs> like oh i could you know clean and go to bed at a reasonable hour or i could stay up all night playing stardew valley yeah that's clearly the better option it's also the basis of my new diet plan where you're too engrossed in what you're doing to eat anything all day yeah it works really well <laughs> it's great for that for sure all you guys suddenly getting into it is making me jealous and making me want to play it again. But I've already played it literally four <laughs> times through. So. <Yeah. laughs> so I'll continue to just obsess over Animal Crossing instead. That's but good. I love Stardew Valley. Yeah, I'm having lots of fun. And I'm way more productive in that game thing. than I am in my life. So <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's more interesting and... That is true. There's more, uh, not instant gratification, but more like you see more more rewards for your efforts in that game than in real that life. That is true. Yeah. Also, my eyes are tired now because I've been staring at a screen for way too much time. Yeah, that'll do it. That's okay. I'm going to do it some more while we're doing this. Woo! Excellent. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're gonna play Stardew Valley while we're recording. Oh my god. I can't. I got it. It's on the laptop here. That's what I thought you were saying. I was like, wow, that's okay. <laughs> <sighs> Interesting choice. <laughs> oh, yeah. That controller that Jeff handed to me really just like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's all over now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you were just using like the keypad yeah. before, right? Since you're playing on a computer. Yep. Yeah. That's lame. Yeah, it was really lame. And playing on yep. my phone isn't, it's okay, but it's not as fun either. Yeah, I tried the phone version, and it it isn't as good. That one I only stuck with for, like, a few weeks and then gave up. Yeah, so. Woo! Woo, indeed. All of this is very relevant to what we're talking about today. Yes. So, speaking of irrelevant things, I'm going to complain about just so many work emails. Just now that the semester is getting almost ready to start, and we're coordinating starting, and just so many emails. I'm sorry. And then a snippy email from a person that is teaching a lab that goes with one of the lectures that I'm teaching because he didn't, he was confused about his schedule. And so <laughs> he's like complaining to me about how, well, I don't think that my schedule should work this way. I'm like, I don't make these decisions. You know that, right? <laughs> Just because you're teaching the lab that goes with my lecture doesn't mean that I'm the one that decides what nights you're teaching on. <laughs> Not my choice. I am for sure not the right person to complain about that, too. (laughs) So, yeah. So he's upset because he thought that he was teaching on Mondays and Thursdays. And I'm like, nope, Thursday lab is my lab. uh, And you may not have it (laughs) because. Yeah. Because then my salary would be cut in half and that would suck. Yes. That would suck. Yes. Agreed. Quite a bit. So he was he was dismayed because he's supposed to be teaching Tuesdays instead. Ugh. Tuesdays. (laughs) <laughs> that's not at all exciting either nothing your exciting. your tangent about stardew valley was way more exciting <laughs> it's better than my rants about everything else in my life so mm. it's all right the ranting about random things will be done by me today yay yep too many emails and most of them are stupid so what are we talking about today we're going to be talking today about stargate sg1 season 3 episode 11 Past and present. Ooh. Where are my notes? There they are. The team comes through the Stargate onto some non-Earth planet. Inside. They're inside, though. They come out in some kind of warehouse or something. There's very mysterious music playing, I noticed. Oh, <laughs> I did not notice that. <laughs> Terrible. I'm unobservant. It's awful. Anyway. It's so true. <laughs> I know. I'm judging you for it. Yeah. So since they're in this abandoned, darkened place, I guess, well, maybe it's abandoned. I don't know. It can't be because people come. Yeah. It looks abandoned. It looks abandoned. So Neil concludes these folks don't do a lot of traveling. The DHD was covered up. Daniel thinks maybe they don't know what it's for. Where's the melp? Maybe they didn't send one through. They I talked about it later how they did send one through, but it's not there. Oh. And if the DHD is covered, then they can't have Come sent back. it back already. Maybe it's tootling around the warehouse. Maybe it got stuck in a corner. <laughs> like a Roomba. Two people come in. The woman thinks she heard an explosion. And the guy's like, no, not an explosion. They're arguing about what they did or didn't hear when Jack is like, hi. Everyone in the warehouse is is 
shadowed. They're so dark. You can't see anybody's faces very yeah. well. They've been doing a lot of weird lighting in these yeah. last few episodes. <laughs> and the guy's like, where'd you come from? Jack's like, don't worry about it. Can you tell me who's in charge? And the guy's like, show me your papers. Daniel's like, we don't have any. We've come to visit you. We're travelers. His tone of voice was like, you should know this already. We don't really have any papers. We're, we're travelers. Oh. <laughs> How could he have possibly known that they were travelers from someplace else? I don't know. The guy is like, oh, you're here to meet me? And the woman's <laughs> like, no, not you. <laughs> I fell in love with you. You fell in love with me? No. No, yes. All of you. Daniel clarifies your people. He introduces them. Sam looks very amused in this moment. Amused by the two of them. Yes. The guy is weirded out by Teal'c's name. And Teal'c's like, it means strength. And he said it was given to him by his father. And the woman's like, you remember your father? And he says, for as long as I draw breath. Because Teal'c loves his dad. Then the guy mentions something about a Vorlix. And at this point, I recognized him. He looks like the guy from... He looks like one of the guys... He looks like he's from Monk. Oh, I never watched that show. It was a fun he show. Might be. I think he played Same. Landy. They don't recognize the term Vorlex. The guy and the woman tell the team that they've all lost their memory and don't remember anything from before the Vorlex. Then we get credits, and after credits, we are back in the same room. This is where Sam mentions that they did have a mouth there that didn't detect anything out of the ordinary before they came through. And Jack's like, well, melps are worthless anyway. They're a little bit worried that whatever caused everybody to lose their memory might be something that is contagious to SG-1, but the guy whose name is Orner assures them that it's a thing that came and went a year ago, and it's not an issue that is, or a disease that is continuing to afflict people They said that at the beginning, there was a lot of panic and confusion for good reason when everybody suddenly wakes up running and they don't know why they're running for their lives or who they are or where they're running from. So that's pretty scary. Sure is. Yeah. Orner was running besides this other lady who we don't get a name for yet. So they've just been kind of hanging out ever since. Do we ever get a name for her? Uh, (laughs) Not that I've seen. This is just calling her woman (laughs) in the transcript (laughs) maybe later in any case we don't have a name for her yet sam figures that there must be some sort of a mass amnesia and she says that it happened to a friend of hers during the gulf war when their chopper went down but that's just an example of like regular amnesia not mass amnesia which generally is not a thing (laughs) jokes like so everybody on this planet took a hit to the head well, no, according to Sam, there must have been something else to cause it on a bigger scale. Tilk chimes in that he's never heard of anything like this happening on any other planets. And Ordner tells them that all of their elders seem to be missing as well. And their children are also gone, apparently. It's rough. Yeah. There was some lovely bickering in this scene that I know you loved. There was some lovely bickering in this. In fact, the lady who said that we know we must have had children someplace because they don't grow on trees. (laughs) Orner's like, well, then why don't we have photographs of them? And then he calls her daft. Yeah. (laughs) So that's cool. In any case, he tells us she won that if they want information, then they should go seek Kira, who is apparently 
the the leader type around here. She is somehow the Minister of Health, Science, and Restructuring in the Vias Transitional Government. That's a fancy title. It is. So they're going to go and see her. Good plan. They go outside to head towards Kira. Orner and the woman without a name continue to bicker. This time about Orner's fangirling of her. (laughs) She's like, don't expect supper. Because he tells her to go away. I don't know why. Yeah. But anyway, he tells her to go home. And she's like, yeah. He's treating her like garbage, yeah. and they don't even know for sure that they are married. So why is she? I don't know. Yeah, acting like his spouse. I don't know. But she leaves, and they continue on to place. They go into some sort of hospital-ish type area, like a medical yeah. center of some sort. Orner goes over to Kira and is like, there are people who want to see you. And she's like, they need to wait because she's, you know, trying to help this person that is ill and because she can't breathe. So that's more important than meeting randos. Yeah. I agree with that. Sure yeah. Yeah. Breathing is very important. Yeah. And if you can't breathe, that's bad. Yeah. So she's tending to this woman, explaining to the team that... People don't remember their allergies. Oops. So, yeah, that's not great. Nope. (laughs) No, No, it's not. Sam says the patient is going to anaphylactic shock, and she goes to start to help, but Kira's got it. She just, you know, uses whatever she was mixing up there and has the woman breathe it in. Now that Kira's made sure that this uh, patient doesn't die of not breathing... She addresses SG-1 finally, and Orner tells her they are travelers from far away, which she, being much smarter than him, already knows. I don't think it's hard to be smarter than Orner, (laughs) but also she's like, I will come to find she's pretty fucking smart. (laughs) They all introduce themselves. Daniel surmises she was a doctor, perhaps? And she was like, well, it seems like I helped others. And that's all I can sense about what I was about before the Vorlex. Yeah. And she asks, what about you? And Daniel's like, a doctor? No. Oh, wait, yes, I am a doctor of archaeology. I study the past. (laughs) And she tells him then he is a most welcome visitor. Them not having a past and all. And she tells Order he's done the right thing, bringing them to her. And that's basically a dismissal. So he finally leaves. <laughs> and she explains that Order thinks that the two of them were married and that they need to start having sex now and not wait for them to regain their memories. So creepy. He's, yeah. Just yeah. so creepy. Yeah. And so she leads them elsewhere. That elsewhere is a library? Ah, yes. Right? I think so. It's got books. It's got documents. Yeah. Yeah. Kira says she's found a lot of interesting research in here. So she's been doing a lot of studying and trying to figure out what happened to all of them while also helping them to rebuild their society. Jack's like, ah, well, it seems like you got everything under control then. (laughs) Kira's like, well, no, not so much. We're actually falling apart. Uh, Apparently, they're having big issues with the agriculture that has come to a halt. So, you know, they lost out on their crops that 
were growing in the middle of this. And they also have industry that's basically been shut down. And when winter comes, then it's going to be disastrous. But they said that this happened like a year ago. So how has there not been a winter yet? Anyway, <laughs> maybe they had enough stored for last winter, but now they're just, they didn't get their shit together, didn't plant anything. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Good call. Good call. And then all of a sudden she seems to realize you're not from Vias. Haven't they already told everybody that a bunch of times though? So I don't know why she suddenly seemed surprised to realize that they're not from Vias. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. She gives them a little bit more information about the Vorlicks and says that its effects were a pandemic. So if they know who they are, then they can't be from Vias, which, again, is just reestablishing what we already knew and what they already told everybody. <laughs> they say that they came through the ring and Kira's like, oh, it is a transportation device. And Sam says, yes, we call it a Stargate. And Kira recognizes that name and says that Dr. Zervis who's somebody whose writings she's been studying, has mentioned a Stargate in his research. Convenient. Yes, con- quite convenient. She happens to have those papers, like, right there and pulls them up. Apparently, he had been writing about a visitor that claims to have come to Vias from beyond the stars by using that Stargate. Daniel is very interested to learn more about who this visitor might have been. And... We learn a little bit more that she was some kind of an apothecary, according to the documents, that she did not survive the Vorlicks because they found the bodies of an older gentleman and an older lady, and they figured that this must have been that visitor and the Dr. Zervis guy. Those were the only remains of any elders that they seem to have found anywhere, so they just came to that conclusion for (laughs) reasons. You know, they like to jump to conclusions. Tilk asks what the name of the older lady was, and dun-dun-dun, it was Linnea. Uh-oh. From the Feet Shoes planet. Yes. Planet Feet Shoes. Place. (laughs) Feet Shoes. (laughs) I forgot what the place was called. I don't remember either. I think they actually mentioned it here somewhere, but SG-1 all exchange looks because they for sure recognize that name. (laughs) Oops. What did we do? Oops. Indeed. The team has contacted Stargate Command and Dr. Frazier has come along and she and an entire team, I guess, come to meet them in the, I want to say the hospital medical place. Yeah. So she's there to assess, you know, people and try to figure out what happened and if they can fix them. And so they start to get to work on that. Hard cut. (laughs) Hard cut. Cut indeed. Back on the other planet in the library, Daniel is hanging out with Kira. They keep finding references to something called Dargal, and Kira says that it's a chemical that they used to use as a pesticide. Essentially, Daniel likens it to DDT here on Earth, which had implications for the food chain when it built up. And Kira's like, yeah, that sounds about right. They think that it's the Dargal that was related to their memory loss. Uh, it was found in residue only in the bodies of those who have died since the Vorlicks. What does that mean? What does what mean? Died? Only in the bodies of those who have died? Or or only residue? I was trying to parse that and I just couldn't understand what she was saying. I don't know. It, are, are they not searching the other people that are still alive? Like maybe she's only testing the dead people? Maybe. Or maybe she 
uh, like the, what is residue? And not the live people. So she's not finding oh. the actual chemical, but she's only finding like traces of it. I would imagine that she's like finding the chemical present in the body tissues or the blood okay. of the people who are dead. Yeah, don't poke and prod live people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, know. I'm I not was, sure. It was just confusing the crap out of me, and I was like... It is weird, mm. yeah. I don't know why it would only be in the bodies of people who have died since then, but whatever, that's what she says she finds. Given what we learn later, I would think it would also be present in all of the living people, but apparently not. And all of the people who died before the Vorlex as well, if that is also yeah, part yeah. of that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so there's be so many possibilities, everywhere. but none of it makes sense. Anyway. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Very true. Kira says that as she's been going through the archives, all the various people look familiar, but she still can't really quite place anybody, but she thinks that maybe she knew them from somewhere. And she wonders where all the children and the elders have gone, and maybe they were able to escape through the Stargate? Wishful thinking? Yeah. This is where Daniel starts to get weird and flirty. She's like, whatever happened, happened quickly, and and then Daniel's just like coyly smiling at her, and he's like, well, how do you know that? Would you have, like, left yourself a note if you saw a disaster coming and I'm adorable? And then Kira starts laughing because he'd be so cute. <laughs> and Daniel continues sort of be, to whom it may concern letter. It was just so fucking weird. <laughs> First of all, you just lost your wife, so that's weird. And second of all, what a bizarre way to flirt with somebody <laughs> this great global tragedy happened so i'm gonna be all cutesy about whether or not you would have left yourself a note <laughs> always leave a note <laughs> indeed <laughs> anyway at the other end of the table jack and sam are <laughs> are like just looking down at them like what the hell is going on over there <laughs> but then they continue their own conversation they think that Linnea was probably the one that was in charge for this massive amnesia. But Jack's like, well, it doesn't really live up to her name, though. <laughs> she looks like mm, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> Mass amnesia, not so much really lining up with that. Sam says that in a weird way, it does actually make sense because this society was supposedly on the verge of collapse before the Vorlix, so... Maybe Linnea had something to do with that. This is where Kathy and I finally get to remember the name of the prison because Sam says that it was their fault for letting Linnea out of Hadante prison and for giving her all of the information they know about the Stargate. <laughs> Who could have seen that one going wrong yeah. when Carter gave her free access to all of their computers? What will you learn? your actions Oh, boy. Anyway, they agree that they are the ones responsible, so they do need to take a role here in helping to figure out what is happening on this planet and helping the people to get better. Back on the other side of the room, Kira asks Daniel to tell her more about Linnea. Daniel's like, well, she helped us to escape a prison that we were in unjustly. And Kira's like, oh, that's great. She sounds like a nice lady. <laughs> Daniel specifies, well, she was actually seeming to be a nice older lady uh, and then it turned out she was a very bad older lady and he's being ageist here by specifying that she's an older lady in this yeah stupid daniel so he tells her that linnea created a plague that killed like almost everybody on this planet and that's why she's called destroyer of worlds and that's why she's a bad person but daniel reassures her that they're gonna do everything in their power to help and so kira says she knows they will she had too much hair. Mm-hmm. 
It's just so much hair. Big blonde. She had a lot of curly yeah. hair, and it was in an unflattering hairstyle. Yes. My adoptive parents were people would call aliens. I mean, like, I've got a lot of hair, and my hair is pretty curly, but, like, she was wearing it in a way that made it look bigger and unflattering. Yeah. And weird. Yeah. Yeah. Later, still in the library, Sam conveniently finds Linnea's diary. Huh. Oh. Dr. Frazier comes in to confirm to Sam that her diagnosis was bang on. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Sam. Yes. Knows everything about all science. Yep. Yep. Except for what? Vulcanology? Was that one of them? There were two things she didn't do. She's not good at midwifery either, though. Yes, she doesn't midwif either. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> then Dr. Fraser presents Jack with a choice of sorts in which it is very clear which way he should lean. Because she says, I can take the next several weeks setting up a lab here and do this studying this problem and have to run back and forth between Earth and here for computer analysis. Or we could take back some volunteers and just do this all at the Star- at Stargate Command and it'll be a lot faster. So what do you think? Kira offers herself as tribute. I volunteer! I volunteer! Jack then says okay. And Kira also offers her help, so she wants to volunteer to be lab rat and scientist. And Dr. Fraser's like, I'm sure you can. <laughs> as long as they maintain proper quarantine yeah. procedures. But yeah. Like, yeah. Then they don't, so. <laughs> it's okay. It's all weird, because then we see Daniel put his arm around her. Yeah. Kira, not Dr. Fraser. This is moving yes. very quickly, I feel like. Quite. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. In the gate room on Vias, they're dialing out and ready to go. Kira, Orner, and the other lady, whose name we still don't know, are all there, and they're apparently going to be going to be the lab rats. Daniel tells Tilk and Sam to go ahead so that his newfound beloved Kira can see how easy it is. So they do. They go through. Orner apparently is quite nervous about it, and he says that he can't, but Kira says, we trust these people. We'll be fine. So they all go through on the other side. Everybody, of course, makes it through just fine. Daniel and Kira are holding hands, so isn't that cute? Kira thanks Hammond for their generosity and support on behalf of the transitional government of Vias, because Hammond is there welcoming them. And Jack says to show their guests to the infirmary. Despite, as we said before, Fraser's recommendation for quarantine <laughs> procedures. No quarantine procedures in sight. <laughs> Anywhere around here. After Daniel takes the others out to the infirmary, Hammond turns to Jack and is like, what if Dr. Fraser is unable to reverse whatever caused this? And it just seemed like a really odd question for... The guy running the base <laughs> to be asking the other non-scientist guy who's like his second in command, kind of, but like... But really, he's the boss, so it's fine. But really, he's the boss, but <laughs> yeah, it just seemed weird to me. A little bit weird. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Jack's like, I don't know. 
<laughs> You're the one in charge, Hammond. Shouldn't you be telling me what we do if that's the case? I know. Yeah. That's not actually what happened. Jack just said, I don't know, and left it there. <laughs> Somewhat later, after everyone's done their MRIs, they're in the infirmary having a look at people's brains. <laughs> this made me laugh, and I'm a total nerd for laughing at this, but I actually did laugh at the fact that it says MRI scan at the top of the screen, but they are not showing MRI images. <laughs> regardless of what the scans are there's a big blue area in their temporal lobes in hippocampus and she doesn't know what it is but it's some sort of residue between the synapses so maybe your memories are intact but not accessible Daniel's like yeah, so the memories are blocked, and she says literally. <laughs> Kara asks if this residue is Dargal residue, and Dr. Fraser has not come up with that answer yet, but thinks they can confirm that quickly. And maybe if we can dissolve it without damaging their people's neurons, they can take care of this problem. Yeah, if, if only. only. They just need to find, as Kira says, the right medicine to dissolve the residue. <laughs> if only it were that simple, yeah. we would not have Alzheimer's. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Kira is super gung-ho about this, though. She's like, let's get going. We're going to do this. And Dr. Fraser's like, um, maybe, maybe, maybe slow down a little. We've been doing this a long time already. I've got some stuff to do. So Daniel offers up the 50-cent tour to Kira, and he takes her on out of there to leave Dr. Frazier to do her fucking job without (laughs) interference. (laughs) I I don't like when other people get up in my job either, so. Right? I don't either. Out in the hall, Kira and Daniel are talking about the facility as he shows her around and Kira's in awe of all the technology and the marvels and thanks him for showing her around. Daniel loves women who are in awe of Earth technology. He does. He really does. He's probably finding it adorable and, uh, yeah. you know, everything is such a wonder to yep. Kira. Yep. Yep. Kira wants to know if it's morning or night on the surface, and she wants to go see the surface for herself, but Daniel says, nope, they can't. So they come to some special guest quarters, which are apparently going to be Kira's quarters, and he shows her in, and she thanks him, and hard cut. Yep. (laughs) Right in the middle of a scene. And we... We come back to the scene, yeah, hard cut, middle of the conversation, and we come back to them just staring at each other's eyes. (laughs) And then... Daniel shows her around the room and how there's some clothes in the dresser and she's standing super close to him and making him a bit uncomfortable. And he's like, um, are you hungry? I'm hungry. You're probably hungry. Maybe we should go get some food. But nope, she creeps in closer. This scene I thought was interesting as far as like how they framed it because there was a mirror like right behind them because they're standing in front of a dresser and then you can see a second reflection of them in a mirror across the room so there must be another like (laughs) mirror behind like next to the door and then you could see another reflection of that mirror reflecting back and i was like how did they do this without the camera getting in the way really interesting i didn't see that oh i'm gonna have to go watch that because yeah probably didn't explain it very well but i thought it was a really interesting way that they framed that shot yeah yeah So Kira continues to creep up on Daniel and 
says that since the Vorlicks, close contact with anybody has been taboo because they're all afraid of what happens if they get their memories back and it turns out that they're with the wrong person. But Daniel's not from Vias, so she doesn't have to worry about that being an issue with him. So she continues to creep up on him and he keeps trying to back away from her. And she's looking a little downtrodden and she's like, oh, I guess I understand because Daniel's not really trying to play along with this but he's like well no i mean i just lost my wife very recently and this is wrong and basically he's saying all of the reasons that he doesn't feel ready for this and that they shouldn't do anything and she just walks up to him and kisses him anyway (laughs) cutting him off mid-sentence and that's just messed up no means no maybe means no well you know he gave her that opening where he's like i lost my wife but actually i totally didn't it wasn't that recent at all (laughs) <laughs> yeah but i mean like but the, yeah, the tables were not... reversed if this was a dude like going up and kissing some lady mid-sentence when she was telling him how she wasn't ready yeah. then like that yeah that's not okay but yeah no it's it's not people... okay yeah but people tend to like be like oh well if it's a lady hitting on a dude then that's always fine but no it's it's well, still you not. know that's always <laughs> my stance <laughs> i know i know it's true oh yeah <sighs> Anyway, Kira's sorry that she interrupted him, but Daniel's okay with it, and so they start smooching a little bit more because Kira wants to take advantage of being able to do whatever she wants before her memory comes back. (laughs) So it's just fucked up all around. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yep, good times. There was some very sappy. Yeah, there was very sappy music at the end of that scene, too. Yeah, there was. Over in Carter's nerd lab, Jack is come in to see Sam. She tells him she's been studying Linnea's diary and Linnea found a link between Dargal and longevity. Jack wants to know what a bug spray has to do with longevity. <gasps> <laughs> and she says that it has the effect of slowing the aging process significantly but not extremely. <laughs> Jack says lucky Lucky bugs. (laughs) (laughs) But the problem is that it was affecting their fertility. So the people of Vias stopped using it nearly 20 years ago or over 20 years. I don't know. Sometime around 20 years ago. Yeah. But that's the reason why there are no kids around. That, That seems to be like... Yeah, that's adversely affecting their fertility, and the fact that there are zero children just seems like an understatement. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that goes a little bit beyond adversely yeah. affecting your fertility rate if it is making the entire population yeah. infertile altogether. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Linnea was taking this information about Dargle's. Uh, What's the word? Euthanizing? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> I was thinking Y-O-U-T-H, but I realized that euthanize is actually a word, just spelled different, and it does not work <laughs> over audio. But I still like it. <laughs> Her euthanize, the euthanizing properties of yep. Dargal yeah. could be used She's to create a fountain of youth. Sam says that in her last entry, she was about to conduct a lab experiment 
controlled using intensely concentrated Dargal on two Vias elders. A male and a female. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But we don't know what happens because she did not continue it after everyone apparently Vorlixed. <laughs> you know, and if you were Vorlix, you wouldn't bother to carve ah, you'd just say it. <laughs> Perhaps he was dating. <laughs> So, so Sam thinks perhaps there was a lab experiment that had apparently worldwide drastic consequences, a massive chain reaction of <laughs> enhanced gas that caught everyone by surprise, and they all became young overnight. Do we think that this thing was so huge that it literally affected everyone on the entire planet, no matter how spread we out? We don't they are? know because we never yeah, see we entire planets or any of no. part of the planet that's not near a stargate. Generally, so <laughs> hard to know. Truth. Yeah. Sam explains to Jack, who isn't quite along with her for this ride. That the elders are not, in fact, missing. That these people are, in fact, the elders. And the amnesia was a side effect of the euthanizing of this population. (laughs) And also they realized that perhaps Linnea isn't, in fact, dead. Because the two bodies that they found that were old still were probably the people that she was experimenting on. Oops. Yeah. So Linnea... She might be alive. We won't recognize her because she looks totally different. Jack doesn't want to hear it and literally covers his ears and is like, la, 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 la. <laughs> and, and Carter is like, we have to face the possibility that Kira might be Linnea. Because oh. she's a smarty pants. Whoops. I know. Just like mm-hmm. Linnea was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, Yeah. Unwelcome news. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In the briefing room, it would seem that they are telling Hammond about what they've just realized, that Kira and Linnea are most likely the same person. I think it's conclusive, right? Because they did DNA tests. Yeah, that's what I... Apparently really fast. Everything's really fast, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They did some super rapid DNA testing that they wouldn't have really had the technology for back then. To figure out that, no, it is the exact same person. Their DNA matches. Apparently they collected Linnea's DNA from last year. Because, you know. Why not? Yeah. And they matched it with Kira's current DNA. Perfect match. Irrefutable. Daniel is incensed. He thinks that Kira is a different person. And even if this is actually Linnea, she doesn't remember doing any of that stuff. So they can't just send her back to prison where they found her. Everybody else is anti-Linnea, except for Daniel. They're trying to argue that, no, it's the same person. Whether she remembers it or not, she should be in jail. We can't keep a homicidal maniac wandering around here on the base because she killed a whole bunch of people. <laughs> then Daniel goes on the offensive with Teal'c, which was just so messed up. Yeah. Because Daniel asks Jack, who he trusts more than anyone in the world, and... 
And he's like, would it be Tilk? And Jack's like, yeah, probably. <laughs> so then he just like gets all up in Tilk's face and says, Tilk, refresh my memory. What was your previous <laughs> occupation? And Tilk, of course, like deadpan answers, first prime of Apophis. And Daniel like presses into him even more. Right. And did you do a few nasty things back then? Like, what the fuck? Jeez. <laughs> so, yeah. Jack's like, ah, yeah, subtle, Daniel. <laughs> Tilk doesn't seem too offended, but I was offended on his yeah. behalf. <laughs> Daniel's trying to point out, though, that people can change. And so just because someone's done bad things in the past doesn't mean that they are continue to be a bad person. Hammond just wants to be careful with Kira. So they're going to up her guards and keep her confined into her quarters until they can figure out a result for the, the medical crisis. He's going to let Jack tell her but then daniel's like nope i should be the one to tell her so he goes to her quarters he really could have made that point without dragging tilk through the mud there right i know that was just ugh. that was just uncool bad. man uncool yeah. so it makes me think he's still holding a grudge against him for what happened to shara even though he supposedly he might. says he forgave her. i mean that was just an episode ago it's still pretty fresh yeah. exactly yeah. one episode ago yeah Daniel goes to see Kira in her room quarters. There we go. (laughs) She's happy to see him, but can tell there's something going on. And behind Daniel, she sees guards. And Daniel's like, oh, no, there's nothing going on. These are quarantine procedures. General Hammond is insisting on. Uh, You have to stay here a while. And Kira's like, but the Vorlix effects are not contagious. So why are you doing this? And Daniel's like, I can't tell you, but I can tell you that more things happen during the Vorlex than memory loss. And she's like, is that why the guards are there? And he's like, no, that's just standard procedure. (laughs) (laughs) He starts to go and he says he'll be back in a little while. And she asks him if Fraser is still working on a cure. And he assures her yes. And then he leaves. Ugh. Everything's so effed up in this. <laughs> it really yeah. is. It really is. <laughs> I mean, clearly, like, she wasn't buying whatever he was selling in that scene, so I'm really not sure right. why he insisted on going there and doing that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, she's not an idiot. She yeah. notices that there's suddenly three guards outside <laughs> instead of just one. It's my entourage. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Down in the medical lab, the rest of SG-1 is there, and Dr. Fraser and Hammond are there as well, trying to work on the problem. Dr. Fraser is getting frustrated and not really making any progress. Jack comments on the distinct lack of optimism in the room. And Fraser says that they just really can't figure out any way to dissolve that chemical in the brain that won't involve harming the surrounding tissues around it as well. It could potentially take years for them to find a cure to this almost like it's really hard to treat illnesses where things build up in your brain like alzheimer's but here we are they realize that they need some outside help beyond just fraser and sam and that outside help they figure should be in the form of kira jack and hammond are both very displeased (laughs) at that suggestion but the doctors argue that She's so much more advanced than the average Earth person as far as biochemistry goes that 
if anyone's going to be able to find a way to dissolve this residual Dargal, that it's going to be her. <laughs> and Hammond's like, uh, so you want me to allow a known homicidal maniac to work with some potentially lethal substances? Which is a very fair point, Hammond. Yeah. And Fraser's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll watch her. It'll be fine. According to Daniel, she's a different person. So maybe she's a different person. <laughs> Jack's like, but you remember the whole Destroyer of Worlds thing? <laughs> there was that. Sam is also on team, let's let Kira help. And so she also continues to argue that, well, as long as we don't let her take the antidote, then everything is fine. That seems like it's a good plan. Oh, yeah. So sure, that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Daniel goes back to see Kira. This time she's got Teal'c and two guards with him. Yep. And that's a little bit surprising, alarming. Daniel's like, it's okay. But she's like, what did I do? He's like, oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. There are escorts. I'll be with you. It's great. Dr. Fraser needs your help. So she follows him out because what the hell else can she do? <laughs> <laughs> so he leads her back to the infirmary. Yeah. Or yeah. the lab. No. Where are they? Yeah. Lab? Medical lab is where yeah. they have it. Okay. <laughs> Where they've gotten right down to work, they're doing something with chemicals that could, if unbalanced, create a deadly poisonous gas. But they're going to be careful and, you know, not exceed 3% or whatever solution. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was weird that Fraser was telling Kira that she needs to be careful because it could be unstable or explosive. Like, if you didn't think she would already know that, then why are you, are you asking for her help? Maybe maybe she wanted her to know that she knew in case her plan was to <laughs> blow them all up. Yeah, maybe. That... <laughs> Meanwhile, Good yeah, thing. Sam goes over to Daniel and tells him she's brilliant. He agrees. And she's she is so far ahead of us, Sam says, that it's frightening. I've seen no evidence of this. <laughs> so, yeah. They're working. Yeah. Yeah. They sure are. A little bit later in the infirmary, they have some promising chemicals that they're going to try. They're going to test it on Orner. Kira wants to try it on herself, but everyone says, well... <laughs> Basically, Orner is dispensable and she's not, essentially, is the gist <laughs> yeah. of that conversation. So they're going to for sure do it on Orner because if he dies, then they'll still have Kira to help le- figure out a different I cure. mean, Orner's on that team, too. Like, he's like... Yeah. But yeah, Orner's, Orner's fine with this also. So, whatever. They inject it in, directly into his carotid artery because I guess they want it to go right to his brain. It seems bad, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor. He seems okay for a second and then says he feels something and Fraser's like are you remembering things but nope he is instead having a seizure that is not in fact remembering things no not usually I don't think no not really yeah nope so he stops breathing he doesn't have a pulse he becomes unconscious and they are going to start doing some CPR and (laughs) they're going to use their paddles which are not useful here (laughs) but they don't have to because he suddenly gets a heart rate again on his own opens his eyes and it reports that he remembers nothing. Womp, womp. So that's disappointing. Yep. And Kira promises that the next time it really will work. She tells Fraser that she thinks she must have miscalculated somewhere and wants to begin again. Fraser suggests that maybe they just wait and see if Orner starts to feel a little bit better after some time. 
But Kira is sure that the effects would have been immediate. How she would know that, I don't know. Mm. But she is sure, and so it must not work, and they're going to have to try again. <sighs> yeah, they are. Yeah. Daniel and Teal take Kira back to her quarters. She asks that Daniel stay behind so they can talk alone. <laughs> Teal's like, I'll come with you. because i'm concerned for your welfare daniel jackson but then consents to leave them alone (laughs) kira has figured out what the fuck is going on and she tells daniel they believe i'm linnea he confirms it she asks if he believes that and daniel instead of saying yes or no tells her that the the vorlicks made everyone younger And you couldn't find the elders because there were no elders. But she knows that he's actually saying yes, which he could have just used that word. But, and she says, how do you, how can you believe this? He says, uh, we did a DNA test and it proves you're the same person. She's like, it's wrong. I am not Linnea. And Daniel agrees, you're Kira. And Kira's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) he like touches he like strokes her hair too and he says as long as you remain that person it'll never change she rightly interprets this as she cannot take the antidote that she says she would never harm anyone and does Daniel believe her and he says he does and she leans in but he hugs her so they hug Yeah, yeah they do yeah Yep. She, she didn't want a hug, but she'll take a hug. That isn't... Yeah. yeah. That is not what she wanted, yeah. but it's what she got anyway. Yeah. You'll have this hug and you'll like it. At least at least this time she didn't force her kisses on him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Out in the hallway, Jack and Daniel are talking. And Jack is saying how he heard the test didn't really go so well, but Daniel's sure that Kira slash Linnea is going to figure it out. Jack Jack warns Daniel, look, I'm not saying the first woman you've fallen for since Charay isn't a peach, but if she remembers who she is, then we're kind of all screwed, and you're going to be the first one to die. (laughs) In the lab later, Fraser and Kira and Sam are continuing to try to work on a cure while some guards stand there and observe. This also made me nerdily laugh because this is just so not how (laughs) this stuff works. Kira takes a pipette and adds some of whatever this chemical is to a Petri dish, and then they put that dish under a microscope, and then they can watch and see that the neurons stay intact while the stuff that is around the neurons gets dissolved, and just so much wrong here with what they're doing. Should I even bother to go into detail? I mean, give the people what they want, Mary. Okay. Well, she uses a like a, a pipette, but it's missing the plunger on the top that would be what you use to like draw certain amounts up into the tube. So she just covered the end with her thumb, which would technically work, but it wouldn't give you like any control over how much you're, you can't pull anything into it. Kira knows better than the pipette and its plunger. I do. Well, I use one of those things at work all the time. Oh, I said Kira knows. 
Oh, Karen, Karen knows better. Yes. That's why she doesn't need no ah, plunger. Hang on. My headphones. Oh. I unplugged them by mistake. But yeah, Wee. you also know everything, so oh, it's cool. She lost her microphone. Oh my god, or her headphone. I don't know what she lost. Oh my god, where's Mary? Oh, I'm back. Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, you know everything too. So yeah, I do know everything too. Yeah, you and Kira. Second of all, the picture that they're showing is pictures of neurons that were stained, and they're looking at them under a light microscope. If you're staining something, though, you have to mount it onto the slide, and it's going to be dead tissue. You wouldn't have an experiment like this showing you the stuff around the neurons dissolving because like these would be mounted slides and you probably would have destroyed whatever the residue was in the process. They're basically making it look like this is like in tissue that they are testing, but it is not. Interesting. That's my long story. Thank you. You're welcome. So either these are slides that were mounted or it's a slice of brain tissue. And also where did they get these neurons from? Like whose brain did this come from? That I also wanted to Order, know. probably. He doesn't need all that brain. Yeah. He's probably. not using it anyway. Right. Yeah. So he, <laughs> so Orner has undergone some major surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and then they destroyed all of the neurons by staining them and <laughs> made his sacrifice completely useless. <laughs> anyway, it's more complicated than that even, but I'm not going to bother to continue to go off on that tangent. <laughs> So yeah, so it's working. Sure it is. They figure that this is the right potency for the antidote and everything. So they're going to start giving doses. But Fraser says that they're going to take it from there. And Kira's like, but I can help. And they don't want Kira anywhere around the antidote, not even helping to give it to other people because they don't want her having any access to it at all. Kira agrees that she'll leave them to it, but can she return later to observe the human test? And then while they're not watching, she sneaks that slide that she was just looking at into her palm and nobody sees her sneak out. <laughs> Teal brings her back to her room with her antidote that nobody knows she has. End of scene. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> back in the infirmary, I assume sometime later after they've retested and blah, 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 they mm. uh, administer the new formula to Orner, who is confident it'll work this time. Shouldn't they maybe test it on the other chick first, who hasn't already had a different chemical? I don't, I don't know. They should. He starts to have a seizure again, but it's not as long-lasting and doesn't knock him out like the other one did, to the point where yeah. they're grabbing paddles. Right. In the middle of that, there's a cut. <laughs> yep and akira asks orner if he is all right and he reveals his name is nodal and he remembers everything kira is pleased and says are we married and he's like no i'm married to leal 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 i don't know he's married to a different lady (laughs) yeah it's that it's the same nameless lady who's been there all along yeah for 43 years they've been married. That's an awfully long I time. I wonder if uh, it's going to cause them any problems, the fact that he's been obsessing about another woman. I hope she doesn't hold right? it against him because there were conditions. There were things that happened, you know. But True. Also, he seems to have remembered that he actually cares about yes. her. <laughs> Is looking at her lovingly rather than with yes. the disdain that we've seen him looking at her with up to this point. Yeah. So it turns out he'd never met Kira before. No doll slash Orner. 
tells Kira she should take the antidote, but she says she can't, and says that the other folks in the room will explain why. Yeah. So she leaves. Teal'c is trying to follow her, but Daniel stops him and follows her instead. Yep. Out in the hall, Kira and Daniel are walking, and Kira wants to know what's going to happen to her now that her work here is done. And Daniel's like, oh, well, why don't you just go back to Vias and, uh, you know, kind of pick up where you left off? Kira doesn't think that sounds like a very good plan, because if they all knew who she was, then they would be afraid of her. And Daniel's like, nah, you helped them so much. I'm sure that they'll welcome you. That's how people work. Yep, absolutely. (laughs) That is for sure how people work. (laughs) So Kira heads back into her room, but before she does, she puts her hand on Daniel's face and tells him that all debts have now been paid. That was a completely random thing to say there, given the conversation that they were having. Didn't really make any sense in that context, but we're supposed to realize that that sounds familiar. I thought she did it on purpose to tell him that she'd taken the antidote. Did you? Well, why else would she say it in those exact words that she left on the computer screen? And yeah. She, I don't know. Maybe she's like, I have a catchphrase and I'm going to use it no matter what, even right. if it doesn't make any sense. That was my impression that it was just her, catch fa- her, her catchphrase <laughs> and just didn't really yeah. notice. <laughs> In any case, Daniel walks away, and it takes him a few minutes to realize what she said, and that it must mean that she took the antidote. So he races back to her room and accuses her of taking the antidote, and she tells him to leave, but he does not. He comes into the room, and Kira's holding some vials. Daniel says, you've said all duds have been paid, and that's what Linnea's message said when she left us. And Kira said, what's that? <laughs> and daniel's like you took the antidote didn't you and she's like well i had to know and i didn't believe you and it turns out that yeah not surprisingly kira in fact was linnea and she admits to being the murderer that they said that she was and daniel tries to convince her that no she's not she's a different and better person apparently the two vials that she's holding are some of the raw chemicals that will create a poisonous gas if they're smashed together so she threatens to kill him and herself but she would rather only harm herself, so would like Daniel to leave, but he doesn't want to. He's going to stay. Great. <laughs> yeah. There was more weird lighting in this scene because Daniel's face was like three quarters of in of the way in shadow for this entire conversation. In the infirmary, Dr. Frazier is readying the next dose for uh, Nodal's wife when she notices keen eye that... Some of her stuff is missing. Uh-oh. A vial and an ampule. So she tells Jack and Jack and Teal... Teal... <laughs> Jack and Teal. Jack and Teal race out of the room, presumably to go see Kira. Yep. In Kira's room, she's like, I care about you, Daniel, more than anyone I've ever known. Okay. And which I guess... Considering she's a terrible person slash didn't have memories for, I don't know. But anyway. (laughs) So this person she's known for one day, she cares about more than anyone that she's ever That's kind of a sad life. (laughs) Quite. But the other part of her would gladly watch him die. (laughs) How is she two different people now all of a sudden? Like, she really should just be Linnea with regained memories and some extra memories from 
being just Kira, but... Well, apparently Kira has more feels than Linnaeus, and Kira's feels won't go away. I don't know. Right. But, I mean, like, that would be to say, like, that guy Orner, he wasn't like, oh, I'm so torn between the lady I've been married to for 43 years and Kira, who is now my new love. (laughs) He went back to looking adoringly at the person that was his wife and was happy to be with her and remember her again. I don't know. Jack and Teal'c burst into the room, though, and tell Daniel to get out of the way, because Jack has pulled a gun. And Daniel's like, I'm not moving. There's another way. Jack's ready to shoot her. Daniel tells her to hand over those vials, and she doesn't need to do this. But she's like, there are two people inside me, and one of them is a monster, and she's gonna win. Daniel's like, but there's another way. Kira's like, no, I'm not her. I guess Kira, not, she is Linnea. And he says, no, but you can be Kira again. All you have to do is forget. Just forget. Stupid forgetful. Yeah. Later in the infirmary, Kira wakes up and is looking a little bit disoriented and she's been crying. Daniel's there and tells her that it's all right and she's among friends. Fraser asks if she remembers anything, but nope. She doesn't. She has amnesia again. They tell her that her name is Kira and that she's been visiting, but now it is time to go home. So they take her down to the gate room where the two people from Vias are waiting to bring her with them. They're going to welcome her into their society. Sure they will. That seems like a great idea. (laughs) There's definitely not anyone who will take revenge on her. It's definitely not going to be a problem. No, definitely not. And uh, definitely she won't ever, like, become evil again. Yeah, I mean, at some point she's got to be like, oh, everyone's taking this thing that's giving them their memories. Maybe if I take it, I'll have memories too. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So apparently they're going to welcome her back as a leader of their people. They specify even, so... Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sounds cool. Sounds perfect. Yeah. Kira turns to Daniel and says that she senses they knew each other well before she lost her memory and asks if that was true. And Daniel's like, well, no, we never really did. Bye, Kira. And she says goodbye. And then she leaves. And then the episode ends. That was weird. It was a weird episode. <laughs> this is weird. What is this coldness yeah. at the end? Like, what? Yeah. Just bizarre. Uh. Did you like the episode despite the weirdness? Kind of. Yes. A little bit. I don't I like I liked that we got follow up to their colossal mistake of releasing a mass murderer. Yeah. That was good. Right? <laughs> it's good to finally come yeah. back to that. It was hard to buy like the whole premise of it. Yeah. Because it's too much magic. I mean, it's science, but it's magic really because it's too right. yeah. Yeah, like I said, what they're essentially curing is like Alzheimer's, and we obviously do not have a cure for that yet. So the fact that they would be able to find something that would like in a day cure it, yeah, is a little unbelievable. How does this chemical too that makes them more youthful and sterilizes them? So everything's also not okay because they're still all sterilized. Yeah. I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't, unless it reversed everything, but then they would also get old. This episode was a little questionable on the premise <laughs> yes quite <laughs> i don't think it's weird that daniel's moving on I, generally like 
he's right that his wife has been gone actually a long time. But his wife literally did just die, even though they haven't been together in a long time. And for us, it just happened in the last episode that we saw. Right. And that makes it weird. Yeah. yeah. Too soon. Yeah. Agreed. At least give it a little, like a couple weeks. Give the viewer a couple weeks. (laughs) Too soon. Or something. Too soon for me. But yeah, the next episode (laughs) is weird. So I didn't dislike the episode, but it wasn't one of my favorites but i was happy to see a conclusion to the i assume it's the conclusion to the linnea story i don't recall seeing her ever again i don't yeah i don't remember if she ever comes back how about you Uh, eh. i I would say i feel ambivalent about it i didn't dislike it i didn't really like it either though (laughs) just like, like it's like a lot of it was just hard to buy and it seemed like there were too many loose ends that they didn't really tie up like with the whole fertility thing. Now that they're all young, are they going to be able to have kids? Yeah. Or will they, will they start aging normally again? Is that Dargal in their tissues? Because it, it was in the tissues of people who have died since the Vorlicks. Do all of these people have their Dargal in their tissues? Also, who knows? And yeah, what if what if Linnea or Kira, whatever you want to call her, does somehow regain her memory someday? Or what if it is more of like a, a nature versus nurture kind of thing? And it's just in her nature to become a mass murderer. Like, yeah. then it wouldn't really remember, matter that she doesn't remember being a, a killer. Because if it is like genetically encoded in her nature, then she's going to become a killer again anyway, whether she remembers that she was before or not. Yeah, so. I feel like, too... In- in the previous Linnea episode, they mentioned that they thought she was helping them, but she was really, like, killing them. So, like, it's in her nature to be helpful, too. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Everybody on the planet thought that she was trying to, to help them. And she she told everyone she was trying to find a cure for their thing. And then it killed everybody. How do we know that this isn't going to happen here with this supposed cure too like you know it seems to work to get everybody their memories back but is it gonna like give them all cancer or kill them within a week yeah don't really know also if they didn't plant any crops they're still screwed (laughs) also that well i'm guessing now maybe they can maintain good relationships with the sgc and true get some food and hopefully their population is only like maybe a few hundred and not millions (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) yeah but we never know. No, no. Yeah. That's about it for my thoughts. Yeah. <sighs> What's next? Next, we are watching Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 12, Jolinar's Memories. Carter's father, Jacob, and the Tok'ra symbiote have been captured. What? <laughs> this is weird, too. They're wasting a lot of words on things that they don't need to say. This is Netflix. Yeah. Carter's father, Jacob, and oh, and the Tokra symbiote, yeah, because it's inside Jacob, have been right. captured. <laughs> Can't take one without the other. Yeah. I mean, I guess you yeah. could, but then someone would die and then they would both yeah. die. Well, anyway, Jacob and his symbiote have been captured by the evil gold system lord Sokar and are imprisoned on a moon called Netu. That is from the Netflix. Booklet, what say you now? Are we sure it's a moon and not a space station? I mean, the description says moon, but we won't know until Obi-Wan Kenobi lets us know. It's true. And I know he'll be popping up. Uh, Obviously. Sir Alec Guinness was famous for his appearances in Stargate (laughs) SG-1. Absolutely. 
as Obi-Wan, no less. Yes. <laughs> People were like, this won't work, but he showed them. Sure did. Yeah. The booklet says Carter's father has been captured on a moon transformed into a literal hell. As no one has ever escaped from hell except for Jolinar, Tok'ra technology is used to access Jolinar's memories from Carter's mind. But not before an old foe shows up to foil the rescue mission. Hmm. 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 Who could that be? Interesting. Can't imagine. (laughs) Old foe. Old foe. (laughs) Anything else? No, I think that's about it. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice so you can get our episodes as soon as they're released every Monday. If you want episodes even sooner than that, you can sign up to become a supporter on patreon.com slash stargatesing and you will get early release of our episodes as well as some extra bonus goodies. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and you can visit our website at stargatesing.space. I am Mary. I am Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate Sing The End. The End. I'll just be sitting on my couch with Pepper, probably playing Stardew Yay. Valley, because that's what I do that now. It's a good way to spend your time. <laughs>